How would you have rescued the world from sin? Or would you have even thought about doing it? Would you, if you were God, and uh, the people you created to reflect you and to glorify you, to whom you gave the entire world and, and you put them in paradise, gave them free reign, free run of everything except for a tree from which you forbade them to eat. And they wanting to be autonomous, wanting to be their own rulers, write their own laws, ate from the tree anyway, and plunged the whole creation into sin. And as time went on, things went from bad to worse. Would you have just judged them? It's what they deserved. We deserve this world. How would you have rescued the world had you been so inclined? When God stood everything on its head in the miraculous conception of Jesus, who came, came to, to flesh out the truth that God's ways are not ours. The scripture reading comes as we work, begin working our way through the Gospel of Luke. It comes from the first chapter, verse 39. We've, we've looked at the first two sections of this chapter of Luke and we'll move on throughout the next year through the uh, gospel, but at verse 39 we read, In those days Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah, and she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, and she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord. And my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me. And holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his offspring forever. And Mary remained with her about three months and returned to her home. Let's pray. Father, again, we 
We thank you for this word to us. We thank you uh, for its message to us. We thank you for the joy and the peace that it uh, brings to us. We ask, O Lord, that you would give us understanding and appropriation, that you would write your word large on our hearts and on our minds and on our souls and wills. To the end, that you, together with your Son, Jesus, and the Spirit, are glorified in and through us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, Luke reports uh, four events in this passage. Uh, First of all, Mary takes a a trip, uh, but not in her air-conditioned SUV for an hour or so up the road that it would be now. Rather, she takes a three-day walk uh, from Nazareth to somewhere in the general vicinity of Jerusalem. And there she goes to see, and the purpose of her trip is to go to see her relative, uh, an older relative, her aunt, her great-aunt, third cousin, twice removed, uh, whoever she was, whatever the relationship was. And she did so because Gabriel, in the Annunciation, had said that Elizabeth, who had been barren and was now up in age and too old to conceive and bear a child, was pregnant. And I think she went to confirm that, but also in the confirming of that, to confirm what else Gabriel had told her that she would bear Jesus, the Savior of the world. And when Elizabeth, second thing, when Elizabeth hears Mary's greeting, she responds remarkably. The older invoked a a benediction on the younger. That's backwards. Mary should have been blessing her. Mary the younger should have been blessing Elizabeth the older. Immediately raises a question, in my mind at least, how in the world did Elizabeth know about the baby that Mary was carrying? Nobody knew. Except the angel, the spirit, and Mary. Except that it says, and when she heard Mary's greeting, she was filled with the Holy Spirit. She knew about the baby. And then she acknowledged the unborn Jesus as her Lord. That's the first time in the whole birth narrative of Jesus that 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 word Lord is applied to him. Twenty-three times in the narrative it's applied to God. And by the Holy Spirit, Elizabeth understands the person of this child that her younger relative is carrying and to whom she'll give birth. And then she reported 
her child, John, jumping in the womb. When, when Linda was heavy with child, our youngest son, Sam, his two older brothers were just the right age. She would be in the kitchen, and they had already named him Sam, and uh, talked to him all the time, but they would sneak up, and they would come up to their mother, and they were about that high, and that's about where Sam was, and uh, they'd go, Sam! And Sam would jump, and Linda would, you know, suggest to them that they really ought not do that anymore. <laughs> and, uh, and then they taught Sam how to do that later when she was carrying Elizabeth. But, uh, but it wasn't that kind of a job. It, it was recognition, I think. Linda Gabriel also said that John would be filled with the Holy Spirit from the womb. I suggest that John knew not simply this was Mary, but something in him, in the womb, recognized this is the one. This is the one who's coming. The one that John was to announce. And now he makes, if you will, his first announcement of the coming one. Um, and then finally she blessed uh, Mary for her faithful obedience to the Lord. And then, third, Mary recites uh, a thoroughly Jewish song of praise and thanksgiving. Now, when I say she recites, she may have sung it, she may have said it. When I say it's a thoroughly Jewish song, I don't mean that it's an old song that she picked up and she's just quoting someone else. I, I believe that the Lord inspired it, but but it's thoroughly Old Testament. It's thoroughly Jewish, and everything she says in it is thoroughly Jewish, and uh, comes up out of the Old Testament and of the Psalms, and uh, songs about God's work, about what God had done, and therefore what He could be counted on to do again. And so echoing that, she, she gives praise and thanks for what God has done for her, what he has done for his people and therefore will do for his people. And, and we're not going to spend much time on that, although it would be a whole sermon. Uh, but when you read the Magnificat, for that's, that's the name of, coming from that first word, if you magnify the Lord, when you read what she says about God, about his coming to the poor, uh, about his judging uh, the rich and the proud and the arrogant and, and dealing with the humble, and it stands everything in our culture on its head, does it not? It's not quite the way we do things. We laud the successful and we kind of look askance at those not so successful, just the plain folks that just go about their life all around us. I say a lot about that and how it applies to us, and perhaps one day will. But and then she points out how he was fulfilling 
the covenant promises made to Abraham and to David, made back in the Old Testament. And in all that, she also acknowledges her need for a savior. I can say much about that, but just note that, uh, that, that Mary herself praises God who is her savior. And then after three months, she returns to Galilee. And when she returns to Galilee, somewhere in there, there's a wedding. And she and Joseph are wed. And will, in just a few months, return to the vicinity of Jerusalem. And there, her baby will be born. And it's that that we celebrate in this season. couple of points. First one is this, the rather obvious one. God accomplishes extraordinary things through ordinary people. Zechariah and Elizabeth, for instance, they're old. They're childless. Too old to conceive, too old to bear a child. Think Think of the oldest person in South Baton Rouge Presbyterian Church. <laughs> that would be me. <laughs> the second oldest person here, my wife. Now think of this. Us having a baby. That would be an extraordinary thing. Except that all that's extraordinary because we've already had four of them. But here's this old woman and this old man who've never been able to have a child. And the angel comes and says, yeah, guess what? <laughs> and Zechariah can't believe it. He can't take it in. Josh talked all about that last week. This is Zechariah. He's a priest, which meant not very much. I mean, he was in the low order of priesthood. He lived outside of Jerusalem somewhere. Two weeks a year, he would come to work. What kind of job I'd like to have? Yeah, just working every Sunday, you know, one day a week, every week. But Two weeks a year, he'd come in and he would do mundane, ordinary chores in and around the temple. And then there comes the day when the highest, just the peak of his entire priestly service comes. His name is drawn by Lot out of the hat. And he is going to offer incense in the temple at the altar. During the course of that year, over 700 other priests would do the exact same thing because they were offered twice a day, 365 days a year. And that was his high point. 
that was peak. It didn't get any better than that for an ordinary run-of-the-mill mill, uh, priest. He was an ordinary man, married to an ordinary woman, but God used them to bring into the world the forerunner of his son, the Savior of the world. Is that how you'd have done it? <laughs> then there's Mary. A teenage nobody from a nowhere town in a nowhere part of Israel. Remember when Andrew sees his brother Nathaniel and says, we found the Messiah. He's Jesus of Nazareth. And then Nathaniel answers, can anything good come out of Nazareth? It was Podunk City. You know, it was just a little backwater town in, in, in Galilee. R.T. France has, has written, even an impeccably Jewish Galilean, there weren't many of those, they were sort of half-bred. They, they, were, uh, they were Jewish, but there were other things as well. They intermarried. And, uh, but even an impeccably Jewish Galilean in first century Jerusalem, Francis writes, was not among his own people. He was as much a foreigner as an Irishman in London or a Texan in New York. His accent would immediately mark him out as not one of us. And here was Mary, pregnant, no husband, from the backside of Israel, outside the mainstream culture. But God brought Christ into the world by her. To save the world from its sin. God came from heaven by the route of Mary. Is, is that how you'd have done it? And this raises a question What might He do with you and me? Not, not those sort of things, but other sorts of things. Second point is, he also accomplishes extraordinary things for ordinary people like you and me. Pretty average, nondescript, ordinary people. Nobody's really. Living ordinary lives in an ordinary place, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Pretty cool place to me, but on the world, uh, on, on the list uh, of, of important places in the world, I'm just not sure that we're on that list. Some 
have by God's grace accomplished pretty good things locally, even maybe outside of locally. But most of us go through our ordinary days uh, uh, doing ordinary things in ordinary places with ordinary people around us, just like everybody else. We're really a bunch of nobodies from nowhere. On the backside of nowhere, perhaps, in the eyes of the rest of the nation. Yet God has singled us out, you and me, to do something extraordinary, to make us his own, to deliver us from our sin and lostness, to reconcile us to himself by sending his son into this world to identify us with us in our ordinariness by taking our humanity, our humanness to himself, being tempted as we are, but extraordinarily without sin, so that he can offer himself up as the extraordinary, acceptable sacrifice that opens the door for our reconciliation to his heavenly Father, that has delivered us from our sin, and made new people of us. Is that how you would have done it? Is that how you're trying to do it? Personally, individually? Here's a word of encouragement from Mary, a teenage nobody from nowhere. You're somebody. I don't care who you are, where you're from, I don't care what you've done, what you haven't done, what you're doing, where you've come from, where you've been, where you are. You're not forgotten. You're not a nameless, faceless nobody. You're known in heaven by no less than the King of Glory, than the living God. God of God and Lord of Lords and he knows your name and he knows you and he goes beyond that in Jesus Christ he calls you his daughter his son his well beloved child and you can sing with Mary my soul magnifies the Lord And my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, he who is mighty has done great things for me. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. And it's all in Jesus. Now, I have to quickly qualify what I just said. Let somebody here get the wrong impression. I was speaking to the Christians. And this is a church, you make the assumption, Christians here. But you can't make the assumption that everyone here is a Christian. Just don't know. Can't read hearts. I was speaking to Christians, people who are willing to admit that they're ordinary, that sin like everyone else, but 
that they have no claim on God, nor do they deserve his love, his care, his attention. (coughs) Who freely confess their sin against him. Who when they're praying the unison prayer of confession are serious about it. And it's real. Truly confessing their sins. They turn from their sin to him in faith. The Christmas message is something more than happy holidays and season's greetings. It's half of blessed eternity. And it's all in Jesus. It's all because God came from heaven in the person of that infant and lived a perfect life and died on a cross. Bearing you and my sins. Was buried and on the third day was raised again. God's ringing amen and acceptance of what his son had done at Calvary. This blessed eternity can be yours. It's in Jesus. And, and we would love to speak to you about that anytime. But here's another word of encouragement from Mary. Not the teenage nobody from nowhere, but Mary, the woman of faith, who God blessed because she took him at his word to her, came to her by Gabriel. This ordinary girl, this nobody girl, living an ordinary life, an ordinary place, times, and all that. She took God at his word, and he did an extraordinary thing through her. I say that to say this, that we Protestants usually don't give Mary enough notice. We're rightly afraid of falling into the errors of others. But sometimes I think we, we just ignore Mary. And, and we don't, we shouldn't worship her. We shouldn't venerate her. But we should emulate her. We should imitate her and more. Work at exceeding what she has done. In her faithful obedience to her God. How many times in your life, seriously, how many times in your life have you willingly volunteered whatever you are facing? Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Here I am, Lord. Use me whatever the cost. Whatever people are going to say about me, 
Whatever lays ahead, I don't know. Whatever it's going to cost, here I am. Do what you will with me. Use me for your glory. Use me to your praise. To paraphrase Aunt Elizabeth or third cousin twice removed, Elizabeth or whatever she was. Blessed is the one who believes that there will be fulfillment of what was spoken by the Lord. Elizabeth took her Lord at his word. Here I am, use me. And you and I have a gospel that has entered into our life, delivered us, changed us, made us new. You shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Because Mary said, Amen, let it be to me. All those who rest in Jesus have eternal life. And look forward to a blessed eternity in and through him.